book of Acts is a very powerful book uh, that begins with, uh, with these words. It, it begins with the words that say that this is the, the ministry of the church. The, the people of God are continuing the work that was begun uh, with Christ Jesus. So um, the Gospels tell us about the ministry of Jesus and he, he comes and ministers to people. Uh, he dies on the cross. On the third day, he rises from the dead. And then he appears for people for, for 40 days, for 40 days. And at the culmination of those 40 days, he appears to the people again. And that is the, that's the season in which we are going through now, in which um, uh, Luke um, uh, says this uh, to one of the disciples of Jesus, whose name is Theophilus. He says, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach. And that beginning continues in the work of, um, of, of, of the ministry of uh, uh, Redeemer Life uh, through Deb now and Tanya and Jason and Joseph, welcome. Welcome to the body of Jesus in this um, new century, in this new century. Uh, after those uh, 2000 years ago, there've been many, many generations of people who have made that commitment. And that's what we want to talk about today. Uh, I do want to mention a couple of things. You know, we do meet for prayer every morning at, uh, uh, I beg your pardon, Let, let's, let's do it every morning actually, but every Sunday morning, uh, we meet at 8.30, at 8.30 for prayer. Um, and uh, I would encourage you to come this morning. It was very interesting because Zoom wasn't working and everyone was kind of concerned because, uh, you know, we weren't able to meet for prayer, but as it turns out, there are some fascinating people in our congregation, in our church, who were able to work out um, um, Google um, uh, gatherings where we were able to get together and, and to spend some time in prayer. And Selena led us in prayer so that um, we would be able to meet like this. Um, so we prayed that the service would begin and and uh, Bob uh, was able to find out a way for us to meet via Zoom through South America, my goodness, can you believe it? So uh, we are meeting by God's grace and uh, through people in different parts of the world. And that's what this whole society is all about, isn't it? It's a, it's a world community. Another introductory remark that I want to make, I hope you were able to listen to that amazing, amazing presentation uh, that Dana, Dana put together on Pulse Africa. Um, uh, if you haven't, I would encourage you to go on to Facebook and, and watch it because it's amazing, you know, to, to really know what to worship, how to worship. Uh, my heart, as I was listening to, um, to the presentation, my mind and my thoughts and my heart, really went back to, um, to South Africa and to Kenya, to Kakuma refugee camp, where I was with those amazing, amazing African people from Sudan, from Congo, and indeed from, uh, from Kenya as well. And, 
And one of the things I noticed is when they worship God, they don't sit down or they don't just stand. They're always moving. They're always moving. They're dancing. And, and that's what worship is all about. So I hope you got to see some of that because that is what worship is so beautiful um, uh, to see in Africa. And we want to learn from our sisters and brothers in Africa. So thank you. Thank you, Dana, for bringing that before us. And thank you for worship this morning, uh, David, um, Kim. Uh, this is hard to, to not be able to lead people in worship where you're able to see people and enthuse them and encourage them to stand up and clap hands. And um, David has been doing this so well, so very well. And so thank you, David, for leading us and, and enabling us to reflect on the goodness of God. It is the same God who said, let there be light. And he saw that the light was good. And then he created everything and he said it was very, very good. Yes, we are listening to bad news. The coronavirus crisis has not been uh, a good situation. It's been bad. It's, we hear awful news. I just, I've been in touch with my students in India and in in Africa and on a daily basis, I hear about bad news. Uh, one of my students who's pastoring a church in Chennai in India um, uh, just submitted his uh, PhD thesis to me and he wrote a long email about how one of his dear congregation members, 44 years old, uh, died of coronavirus, leaving behind two little kids. So we do hear bad news uh, and um, we live in a fallen world and, uh, and, um, and we will encounter situations like this. There will be pandemics, there'll be other forms of, um, of sickness and, um, and uh, diseases that we will encounter because we do live in a fallen world, but we need to realize that our God ultimately is a God of goodness. He's the one that brought about goodness and we need to look towards him. We are in this journey going through, what are some of the stories and the passages that Jesus would have referred to on, on the Emmaus road? And we have, we, we've said that it has generally been songs. It has always been songs that Jesus sang. And I would have loved to hear those songs, isn't it? Thankfully, we do have notations in the Dead Sea Scrolls and in other material that has been uh, handed down over the generations. There is musical notations. So we kind of know what kind of songs would Jesus have sung, but of course, we cannot, um, we don't have recordings of those, those songs. I wish we did, isn't it? Um, so what are some of the songs that he would have, would have sung? I think one of the songs that he would have sung is from Genesis chapter 12. This is Commitment Sunday. And I wanted to reflect on this because this is the reflection on the commitment of one of the primary um, uh, uh, people that we need to reflect on when we are thinking about our faith journey. One of the heroes of faith is Abram. Abram. And I'm reading from those of you who have families around you. I, I, I want to reflect on, on these texts from the 
the NIRV Adventure Bible. If you have this, I would encourage you to get this. Adults, singles, and family members, uh, whether you have kids or not, it's so beautiful to read God's word in more simplified language. And this is called the New International Reader's Version uh, Adventure Bible. And I enjoy reading this. So if you will, would you, would you let me read this to you? It's, it's so powerful here. It begins with um, Genesis chapter 11 and verse 27. It says in, in the New International Reader's Version, it says, here is the story of Terah's family line. Terah became the father of Abram, and that's chapter 11 and verse 27. Terah became the father of Abram, Nahor, and Haran, and Haran became the father of Lot. Haran died in the city of Ur in Babylonia. Ur? What is Ur? Where do, where do you come from, Abram? And that's where the story begins, right? Where, where do you come from? Do you come from Ur? What does Ur mean? That's a strange-sounding name, isn't it? Well, the word Ur means city. The city? What? Don't you? Doesn't your city have a name? Uh, well, yeah, it's just called the city. Well, think about it. You know, someone asks you a question. Where are you from? You say, I'm from the city. What city? What city? And then you say, I'm from the second city. You know that Chicago is called the second city because people in Chicago always feel like second-rate citizens. You know, those people in New York, that's the first city. Or Los Angeles, that's the first city of movies. But Chicago is always the second city. But here's Abram, he'd say, well, I come from the city, from the city. What, what's a city all about? And, and he would say, don't you know? Well, go and do some archaeological digs. And, and so, of course, there have been people who do archaeological digs, and they found this city. They found Ur. And it's a city which did a lot of business. It was a very, very wealth, wealthy city. It was a city that, that did business all the way from the Mediterranean Sea, which is about 750 miles west of the city, uh, to India and to China. Um, there was a civilization called the Indus Valley Civilization, and they got a lot of stuff from there. They called those people the Maluha people, the Maluha people. That's about 1,500 miles east of the city. So we know from archaeological digs that Abram actually came from a very, very important city, which was just called the city. And there were foreigners that came there. They traded in wool clothes. They traded in carpets. There's actually uh, digs that, that talk about archaeological digs that have found musical instruments. So I know that the, the Brian and Christy would really like this. These were in musical instruments uh, which had the picture of a bull god because they worshipped the bull god and horrible things were done in the name of the bull god. And, and they worshipped the moon god called Nana. Nana was the bull god and uh, was a moon god. And, and, and of course, there were musical instruments that are found where there's the beard of Lapis Lazuli, which was brought all the way from India. So it's so fascinating. But, but this is the place where God spoke to 
Abram. God spoke to Abram and said to Abram, it says in the English text, it says in chapter 12 of Genesis, generally it's translated as the Lord had said to Abram, the Lord had said to Abram. And Abram will look at that and Jesus will look at that and say, oh, you English people, there is no past perfect in Hebrew. Don't you know that? It's not the Lord had said, but the Lord said. The Lord said, why is that important? Jesus would have stressed that and he would have said, do you know if you want to be truly a committed follower of mine, if you want to be a committed follower of Jesus, you have to be always listening to the voice of God. That's what we sang about, isn't it? Committed, dedicated Christians are discerning people because they first and foremost always seek to be in tune with the voice of God. Whenever people do wrong things or want to do wrong things, they don't want to listen to the voice of God. Like Adam and Eve, they hid from the presence of God. Whereas here was Abram, our model for a committed, truly committed Christian. So are you listening to that? Deb and Tanya and Jason and Joseph and all of Redeemer life. We need to be always listening to the voice of God. Yes, we hear bad news. Yes, we listen to the television. Yes, we read the newspaper. But after we have done all that, we need to look beyond that and listen to the voice of God and say, Lord, in this time of crisis, I want to be a discerning person. Help me to be closely in tune with your voice. That is what Abram did. So it says, the Lord said to Abram, the Lord continued to say to Abram. And Abram became a discerning person because of that voice of God. You want to be a mature person? Let's be like Abram. And that's what Jesus would have said to his disciples also. Be discerning. What's the second part here? It says here, and the Lord said to Abram, go from your country. Now English misses another point here. In, in Hebrew, as Jesus would have been singing to his disciples, it is not just go. It is go, 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 think, think, think think, think, and then become a decisive person. There are too many very weak Christians because we don't, first of all, ponder and discern. And secondly, we are not decisive people because we don't ponder and discern. So Jesus would have said to his disciples on that road to Emmaus, Become like Abram, lech lecha, become a decisive person. Don't be a loosey-goosey Christian. Don't be a weak 
Christian here, one time here, one time there, listen to this person, listen to that person, and, and you don't have any solid ground to stand on. The way to stand on a solid ground is to be people of the word. That is one of the things that you discuss, uh, you committed yourself to, right? Deb and Tanya and Jason and Joseph is to be people of the word. Those are the kinds of people who are decisive people because they're discerning people and then they are decisive people. They make decisions based on the word of God. Notice what else does it say? The, the Lord says to Abram, go from your country, your people, your father's family, go to the land I will show you. Thirdly, it's people who are always decamping. Decamping and making clean and continuous breaks with your own comfort zone. Think about Abram. Think about Sarah. You know, they were comfortable there. I mean, to this day, people are talking about Ur in Babylonia. To this day, people are singing the praises of Ur, of this place called Babylonia, Ur of the Chaldees. But God says to Abram, I want you to go. Cut off all ties with your previous life, because your previous life will be like a crutch that you'll want to hold on to. And there's too many Christians who are holding on to these crutches. Jesus says you want to be truly a committed, dedicated follower of God. Become a decamping person who's willing to make a clean and continuous break with anything that is your comfort zone that you hold on to as a crutch. And then... God says to him something very beautiful. Abram asked God, where do you want me to go? And God says to Abram, I want you to just go. One step at a time. I will show you. I will continue to show you, says the Hebrew. I will show you one step at a time. So committed and dedicated Christians are Christians who are daring people because their daring life is based on the knowledge that God knows. I don't know. If I knew everything, I'd be so scared that I wouldn't want to take one step. But God says, take that first step and be daring. And I will show you one step at a time. That's how God shows the journey. So committed and dedicated Christians are daring people because they trust the God who is a daring God. That's what... Your forebearers, my fair forebearers did, right? That's what kids, your grandpas, your great-grandparents, your great-grandmother, especially your great-grandmother and your grandmother, 
and others dead. They, they left their, their confines, whether it be in Korea or whether it be in China, whether it be in Norway or, or, or wherever. They, 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 take the, they take the daring step to go into the unknown. Well, that's the kind of thing that Abraham did. How many miles? It was 750 miles. In those days, that was huge, huge. And then God goes on to say, say to him that I want you to go there because I will show you the way. You know, in our day and age, people are looked up to because they are self-made people. You know, the, all of Chicago because Chicago Bulls is doing so awfully and all these teams are doing so awfully. Bears, I don't know, it'll take a million years before they come anywhere near the playoffs and 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 then the bulls the same thing people are watching this 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 uh this series about michael jordan and what's it all about how to become a self-made abusive person god says to abraham no i will show you don't be a self-made model, but become a divine made model. Become a God made model. That's who dedicated Christians are. It's not self-made people, but it's God made people. So that we give all glory to God and say, Lord, it's because of you and you alone that I am who I am today. It's not because of me. It's not because of my hard work or it's not because of my brains or my gumption or whatever it be, but it's because you make me every day into a being who would bring glory to your name because that's all I can do. So committed and dedicated Christians are not self-made people but they're God-made, they're divine-made people, made by God himself. And they are in the process of being made. They are molded and continuously broken up and remolded so we become more and more like Jesus. That is the fifth lesson that we learn from the life of Abram. To do what? Here's what God says to Abram. I'll make you a great nation. I will bless you. Why? So that all the nations on earth will be blessed because of you. That is the goal. The goal of being a committed and dedicated Christian is a global ideation. People who have a big vision. And my prayer is that in spite of this coronavirus crisis, we would be like Abram. We would have that vision that all the peoples on earth, yes, right now they're hearing bad news. Yes, right now it's horrible. You turn to the news in African countries and in South Africa and Kenya. You turn to the news in Europe. You turn to the news in, in the Middle East. You turn to the news in India and here in the United States. 
you, you listen to bad news, but it seems to me that the peoples of the earth are ready to be blessed by the word of God, the recreating word of God. That is why God called Abram. You know, the, the, the civilization that we are talking about, Ur, of the Babylonians came to an end pretty soon after that. Because civilizations come and go, kingdoms come and go, kings come and go. Uh, we shouldn't hold on to that. The greatness of a particular community, it worries me when people talk about, oh, how great America is. All great empires have come and gone. Who is standing? It's God who is standing. Therefore, in all humanity, we have to become a people that become a people of blessing to the whole world. That's global ideation. Committed and dedicated Christians are global ideation Christians. And then, seventhly, as we go on to read this, it's, it talks about how Abram goes. It's so beautiful here, it says, so Abram went. Isn't that beautiful? There's no hesitation there, Abram went. Abram just did what God wanted him to do. Abram became what God wanted him to become. So Abram went just as the Lord had told him. And Lot went with him. So Abram is taking a whole lot of people along with him. And he is 75 years old. Get that? That's pretty cool, huh? At 75 to make those decisions. He took his wife, Sarai, his nephew, Lot. And, and, and they took all the people, everything that, that they had acquired in Haran. They started out in the land of Canaan. They arrived there. And then it goes on to say that Abram traveled to the land. He went as far as the large tree of Moreh at Shechem. I've actually been to that spot. At least traditionally, they say that's a spot where Abram went to. And, and, and it then goes on to say, um, the Lord appeared to Abram at Shechem and he said, I will give this land to your family who comes after you. So Abram built an altar there to honor the Lord who had appeared to him and he pitched his tent there. Committed and dedicated Christians are always people who are diversifying. They are not pulling down roots and saying, I'm going to build a mega church here. That is not what it's all about. That's never been what it's all about. Committed and dedicated Christians are always diversifying and going into places and becoming the gospel to those places and making changes, doing good to neighbor. You know, that's one of the things I would encourage us to get to get involved with, 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 uh, with people like Gina Choi and, and Brian Woods as, as they're thinking about going and being a blessing to the people around us, going and distributing food and all that. It's diversifying, it's not taking down roots and becoming a mega church. I hope that will never be the case with Redeemer Life. I hope we go and, and build altars in different places and, and lay down tents 
not buildings, but tents in different places. I love it that we don't have our own building because we are a group of people that want to be a blessing to others in the community. So what kind of a church should Redeemer Life be? What kind of committed, dedicated Christians should we be? Those of you who have committed yourselves to the gospel through um, Redeemer Life, we have got to be discerning people, always listening to the voice of God. We've got to be decisive people, not loosey-goosey people, decisive people. We've got to be decamping people, people who make clean breaks with the world around us, not get sucked in by the agenda of the world. We've got to be daring people. And then fifthly, we've got to be people who are not self-made people, not like Michael Jordan, but we've got to be people who are continuously molded into the image of God, God-made people. And then sixthly, we've got to be people who are, who are global ideation people, all nations. And then we've got to be people who are continuously building altars here, there, expanding so that the word of God will go and remold people and recreate them into the image of God. Bring the gospel of reconciliation. In soon after this, Jesus comes to his disciples in Galilee and he, say, he says these words in Matthew chapter 8. He says to his disciples, when they saw him, of course, you know, some of them were really, really scared. What's happening? We don't know what's going to happen. Others worshipped him. And Jesus came to them and he said in Matthew chapter 28, the very last words, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. So you must go. You must go. Like Abraham went. Keep going. Keep going. Don't put down roots and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. That is the commission of the church. Teach them to obey everything I've commanded you, and you can be sure that I am always with you to the very end of the age. That is the commission of the church as it was the commission of Abram as he went from one place to another. I want to end with uh, a letter which I received a long time ago from one of my students who went to South Africa. I've, I've met her from time to time as I've gone to South Africa. She heard God's call to go to South Africa, not, not to go to Johannesburg or to go to Cape Town, one of those fancy places, but, but to go to way, way into the interior area of South Africa, because that's where she heard God's call. And here's what she wrote just as she was about to go to South Africa. She says, South Africa, here I come. I'm so grateful for all your love and support during my time here at North Park. So she's talking about those of us who nurtured her at North Park. Remember, she's 21 years old, maybe 22. My time of departure is almost here. Well, let me first tell you, she says in her email, 
about my 40 days of prayer here before I get on the plane to leave for South Africa. It has been amazing. That's so powerful, right? That always touches a professor's heart when a student says that. The love of my life, he's talking about Jesus, has really shown me some amazing truths about his love for me and how all he wants from me is my gaze and my ear to listen to him carefully, to look at him clearly. This awesome God who holds everything in his hand, who's the very giver of all life, just wants me to be with him and gaze at him and listen to him. He actually gets overwhelmed by my weak attention. And the email goes on with some further beautiful thoughts, but I wanna leave it here. I wish we were all like those 18 to 21 year old kids. That's why I like kids, because adults don't say these kinds of things but she's still walking with God. This was 15 years ago, maybe 14 years ago that she wrote, but whenever I go there to South Africa, I see her still gazing at the Lord. I see her still listening to the voice of God and hugging those little kids with their running nose and with all that because she is truly an amazing example of a discerning, listening Christian, a decisive Christian, a decamping Christian, a daring Christian, a Christian who is always willing to be remade and reshaped by God, a Christian who has global ideation, and a Christian who is always diversifying. Let's pray. Our Lord, our God, we thank you so much for these models, these models that undoubtedly our Lord stressed to his disciples on the road to Emmaus. We want to thank you, Lord, for Abram's life. We know that he had his weaknesses also, like all do. But we pray that we would be like this model and enable us, Lord, to be good, dedicated, committed Christians in our neighborhood. Enable us to be people who are always discerning, people who are decisive, People who are always decamping, daring, and who's always remade so that we would see the beautiful face of Jesus over and over and over again so that we would become like him. So bless us, O Lord. And I pray that you'd bless each one here. 
So beloved, as you go out to face the world, may the Lord bless you. May he keep you so that you would be a blessing to the people around you. Not to be tight-fisted, but to be a blessing to the people around you. May he make his face shine upon you so that people would see the face of Jesus and be attracted to you because they are attracted to Jesus even during these days of social distancing. And may you become peacemakers because the peace of God reigns upon your life. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.